Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Hollywood Deep Dive, a monthly movie podcast where we take a deep dive into the world of film. My name is Jordan. I'm one of your hosts. And today I've taken the lead for today's episode because in Canada and the US in the month of February, we celebrate Black History Month. What started out as a single week in 1926 is now a full month of remembrance of the African diaspora, the lives of Black people in the slavery and post-slavery Western world, as well as a celebration of Black artists, actors, inventors, and more who have made their mark on history. For today's episode, we'll be celebrating that through the lens of film. One of the exciting things about that is that as Hollywood has grown in and expanded, so too have the roles and stories of the Black community inside of it. Maybe not as fast as we would have liked, but it's heading in a better direction. As I said before, I'm today's host, Jordan, and I'm joined by our lovely panel um, in this metaphorical table that is the internet, who is uh, sitting beside me. Uh, hello, it's me, hey. Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> love it i love it no plan this is so good I was, so what happened. I was just like really impressed i was like wow that was such a good speech so yeah i, I know <laughs> and then i was like oh hi <laughs> yeah. ruin it with the unplanned intros yeah. of everybody no, else but actually well said that was really well said oh, that was thank good. you <laughs> not good. to like you know boost our own podcast or anything, but... <laughs> somebody's gotta somebody's gotta <laughs> So, who are the voices that we keep hearing? What's our names again? I forgot who you are after, like, not seeing you for nine months. I know. It's me, Adriana. Hello. It's me, Hi. Jason Bonjour. Oh, God. Calible. Calible. What was wrong with that? Wait a minute. What was wrong? What did okay, I say? I hope you were doing, like, Brad Pitt's, like, Bonjourno. Bonjourno. <laughs> that sounded like <laughs> French. Now, what? Helps. Oh my god. Anyways, and our last panelist? Sam, cringing at terrible French in the corner here. <laughs> yeah, that was French, French, Italian, it's all the same. Let's just jump right into it. Especially the Brad Pitt and Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> okay, Jordan, uh, let's get started. Uh, uh, start us off, please. Okay, so I, I'd like to start with something um, Hollywood adjacent first. Because like as you all know, in the early days of Hollywood... Um, most black actors would get either like the really small background like roles usually the if there was a lead black person role would be played by someone in blackface but during this time there were also some um, small independent black film companies um, that were uh, starting up although because they were outside of the hollywood system and had very small budgets most of these films have been lost there is one that did survive and it was called within our gates directed by uh, Oscar Michaud. I mean, it's a silent black and white film from 1920. Cool. Uh, has anyone ever heard of it before? No, <laughs> no I haven't. Uh, no. Negative. Please tell us about it. Yeah, so actually, the, even the story of just how they found the film itself was interesting because they thought the film was lost for the longest time. And then in the 70s, they found out that there was a single copy surviving in Spain that they were keeping in their um, film um, storage. And then in, finally, in 1993, they got someone to translate it back into English using, um, he only has one other surviving silent film that they use as like a reference to try to translate it as closely as it could be to the original. Mm -hmm. And then they, um, and now it's up on uh, the internet to watch. Wow. Awesome. That's really okay. cool. I really love you it need when- You to link us this. Yeah, yeah. I really love it when there's like these 
these moments when like films will disappear and then they'll come they'll find out like a copy in some random corner in the world like decades yeah. later <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think there's something kind of beautiful about that but i'm gonna have to check that out that's really cool yeah so yeah. the um movie was um he said that he created it as sort of a response to birth of a nation which mm-hmm. an incredibly racist movie which at the time was considered the greatest film of all time right mm. unfortunately uh, yeah yeah, <laughs> it's funny how those the day, to yeah. This day, it's still shown obviously with different historical context now mm-hmm. in a lot mm-hmm. of film classes uh for educational purposes but only. yeah isn't that weird how things change like perceptions Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I well, I find it fascinating that we still we still study the movie as an example of wow, that was considered some big masterpiece back in the day, and now it's seen as horrific social context of um, despite the fact that it's yeah major breakthroughs in actual filming techniques uh, towards a horrible cause, you know. So mm-hmm. um, fascinating to study that in a different context. Very fascinating. Yeah. yeah. So the film tries to do a more like accurate portrayal of what racial relations were like at the time um so the main character is a a black school teacher who um from the south who came to the north to try to um meet her fiance that she was going to marry um which doesn't work out and she ends up going back back to her school but they're losing funding and she needs to try to raise money so she goes back to the north to try to find um ways to make money to keep the school open Oh, cool. um, and then, like oh. in the backdrop of the film, there's there's also characters discussing like black people getting the right to vote and education, and um, including um, some several scenes of the violence they had to face. That seems um, like a was... really early depiction of all of that. Yeah. yeah, like I was when I first heard about this movie, it was very surprising to see that something like this was made like way back when, and we still have it today. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. That's kind of like um, just reminds me of the new trailer for the Billie Holiday film that's coming mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. and how yeah. Billie was really you know vocal and you know jeopardized her career early mm-hmm. on well I find it I find it always so interesting watching a lot of these black perspectives of and obviously you weren't there or anything but literally they're doing like just singing or they're performing or they're rapping in the case of more modern, you know, films, mm-hmm. they're doing just a thing harmless to nobody that is then intensified by the such racial prejudice reaction to it. You know what I mean, like, it, yeah. like, like, like the white guys, these movies always make it worse. They always make it worse <laughs> for themselves and they, mm-hmm. they just can't let it be because of what the times are telling them and stuff like that. It's always because so it goes interesting. Against what they've been taught. Yeah. Yeah. It mm-hmm. goes against what they've been taught. But the fact that Mir's singing, who wouldn't want to listen to Billie Holiday? And I know she converted, obviously, some people and everything like that, some white people and everything like that. But the fact that, like, you know, getting arrested for going on stage or anything of that sort, there even being a black man on film in the first place, as Jordan was talking about. Um, it seems so silly now. And I know it's a, it's a human race has been around for a long time, but uh, in the past couple hundred years, it's very fascinating seeing how progression has um intensified you know mm-hmm. so. oh definitely yeah um i think it's i think to an odd degree it's almost good that it seems silly to us now though because we it means that oh, yeah. we've, de- we've developed and we know mm-hmm. that that's wrong and there's yeah. obviously 
like the damage that it caused the fact that we can be like that is like why are people freaking out about a person of color being on stage that's that's nothing um and as it should have been back then as well um yeah just like i never (laughs) you know like it just it's so i just can't believe that that was ever in question agreed yeah you know like it's just so strange it also comes from the fact that we're in an area where it's a little bit more common and we're a lot more multicultural. We have yeah. our massive bloody issues that we all know about, but mm. it's not like if we're down in the South, like if we're down in Georgia or down in, I don't Atlanta, know, Louisiana. Yeah. Or, or a lot of these yeah. films <laughs> take place. Yeah, and it's still like that. Like Yeah. yeah. There, there, there's such a rigid um, barrier up change that like it takes so much for just a little bit of progress. You know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. but, but what's interesting to me is when I was growing up and, you know, I like, I like, obviously there was, you know, black history month at high school and elementary school. And I learned things there. And obviously, you know, I don't know as much about people who are actually black, but learning about a lot of events through movies, through TV shows, through certain actors who depict certain characters. It was, it was quite an educational experience seeing a lot of these films. Obviously there's, you could argue what's better than others in terms of representation of accurate history, but learning about the issue itself and how it came to be, historical context, the progressions, the fights, the depictions of characters, um, you learn a lot through that, and it broadens the perspective of that history that is quite horrific at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It also enables students to be able to see stuff, because like, if we just talk about history in like, the normal boring way of like here's the statistics of what happened here look at this graph of strategic bombing the students aren't mm. going to get it film right. enables students to kind of like visualize it see what actually was happening like obviously you need to pick your movies because some of them are pieces of trash and maybe mm. you can show a trash one and be like so this is 100 incorrect and let's destroy it <laughs> but like yeah yeah, totally. And then there's also <laughs> different types of filmmakers who will bring a completely different perspective to certain things. Mm-hmm. No, like, like, you know, a Steve McQueen versus a Steven Spielberg, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and Edward Zwick versus a Jordan Peele, you know, people who um, have all made films about these issues, but obviously, obviously bring significantly different perspectives to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when I was the whenever I was in history class, like whenever we were watching a film was always the most exciting day. Sometimes, <laughs> oh, it's, I love it when the teacher comes in, uh, you know, and 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 says, "All right, today the lights go out." She, they roll in the TV that's strapped to the thing, and they put in the <laughs> and they put it in the VHS for the kids out there who don't know what VHS is. These were physical things you could put into a slot to play the movie. I know foreign concept now for the kids out there, but that's what happened. And um, and you you'd watch something, and I wouldn't care what it is because I was just like, "Oh God, thank God, I don't have to." write or read anything it's so stupid because i'm a very visual <laughs> visual person right but um uh... yeah the, the, I, I always look forward to those days but i what i find more interesting now is jordan you, you spoke a bit about this but um documentaries are now watched more than ever in human mm-hmm. history because of how much everybody has a camera but he has access to showing their truth much easier mm-hmm. way and there's more accessibility to it etc cetera, etc cetera. like documentaries were not watched for a very long time in film history and mm-hmm. and they've just gone up so much over time and i think a very good example of that 
um, in a modern day context would be Abbott DuVernay's sort of 13th that's on Netflix right now. Mm-hmm. That was one of my sort of, I, where I saw that documentary and I was like, you sort of know a lot about, maybe you know about a lot about the prison system in America and how it functions to sort of just be a business, which is already a tragedy in itself. But yep. how, how it's used against people of color is a whole nother thing that the movie goes into. It's a modern day slavery. Really is. Mm-hmm. Really mm-hmm. is. And, and, and it's, it's sort of like, I, I guess we, when we see things as being silly, and then we see something like this, I think that's where the disappointment lies. That's where the self-criticism, you know, and all that stuff sort of comes from. It's like, okay, we see the problem. We know the problem. We know how to fix the it, problem. Yeah. Why don't we fix it? I don't it get it. There? You know, yeah. why, why is it so hard to get from point A to point B when I can see exactly how to get there? You know, and I think that's where the frustration comes. And that's mm-hmm. what comes through in the movie, which I thought was a very good movie. If anybody out there hasn't seen it, um, you know, it is it is mostly just talking heads, but um, but it's very valuable information that you can sort of choose to do with what you want. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that one, Jason. Uh, I'll have to give it um, a watch. I did uh, see, and I'm not a huge documentary person, but. At TIFF, I think it was about maybe a year and a half ago, they were showing a documentary called um, I Am Not Your Negro. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that was a big one. And I thought it was, again, I think it kind of streams along the same line that you're talking about, Jason. When we, when we see these movies, we feel that disappointment because there are situations that we feel can be fit. And that yeah. it's frustrating because you, you still see it in every day. In everyday life, mm-hmm. and you're and you like stop and ask, but we can all see the issue, it's there. But why yeah. is no one doing anything about it, or why are not enough people doing about it? I think only within the last year have people really been stepping up to the foot up to the forefront and mm-hmm. no, not only talking about it, but doing something about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess all yeah. like the frustration, like as you said, like you know. You, people see it and no one's doing anything, and it just builds and builds and builds until it, it's yeah, it last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. which well, I think all, like and, and... last year was like one of those years where it was just everything happened and it just created a perfect storm for things to explode, not in a good way, no, but things <laughs> definitely exploded, yeah. metaphorically mm-hmm. and literally. Um, but also, like, again, the frustration with, you know, knowing, you know, like, all the, with the Breonna Taylor and all the awful stories that... George Floyd. Know, yeah. And it's been, like... And we know who the culprits are, and yet nothing... <laughs> and nothing done. is done Ugh, about it. Really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like, I think film's a great way for us to, like, at least... It's blank slate that everyone can come to and be able to be see those issues and can be told in a certain way like it does also have the negative con- uh, ability of the other side to have a platform but at the same time it's mm-hmm. a really good way for people to through documentaries through historical mm-hmm. films through modern day films show different aspects of culture of experience like soul was a really good movie that could show different sides like wasn't my favorite movie by Pixar, but I really liked the jazz aspect to it and showing that cultural mm. background that was really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I think all a lot of times we focus on the um, like historical movies, but like there's 
black culture today could be celebrated as well that Mm. also really Mm -hmm. is good to bring in film and i think that's starting to happen as well moving away from just the stories of slavery and civil rights movements because Mm. i know like in the indigenous circle there's like a point where everyone's like can we stop with tragedy like every single second yeah tragedy. Like, where's, like, the like, modern day is, is it the same yeah. thing within um the black community jordan yeah yeah um i would say like um every now and again um whenever like a new like historical black movie comes out and people are there are some always those comments that are like why do we keep, need to keep talking about uh, why do we keep needing these black suffering movies mm. um, yeah yeah just show that um, and, I, and I guess I understand the sentiment that, like, you know, like, like they want, like, you you never want to forget what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, like, sometimes it does feel like there's a lot, but, um, like, as Sam mentioned, I feel like there's also more modern day stuff coming out now um, that, that's doing pretty well. Actually, another th- interesting thing about Soul that I remember seeing in a video was they were comparing it to um, Moana and Coco. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you know, Moana is, uh, like, filled with Polynesian co- culture. Coco is uh, filled with Mexican culture. And then you have Seoul, which, while it's not over-the-top brim with Black history, it's still, like, you can still see those aspects in modern-day life. Like, mm-hmm. everything that happened in the past, like, it's it's not affecting him now. I yeah. see. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, and I, what I, and also seeing Seoul. Oh, Adrian hasn't seen it yet, so I won't do any spoilers. But um, in terms of the photorealism and how they use the cinematography to accentuate the culture, I thought was unbelievably cool. The sequence mm-hmm. where he goes into the jazz bar. Like, I feel like I, I literally felt like I walked into, like, some real jazz bar. Like, it was, like, yeah. so well filmed mm-hmm. and the lighting and him, you know, getting into the zone and everything like that the way that oh i just it, it's so beyond just an animated movie for me and that's yeah I, I really think it's the first movie that pixar has said this is not for kids like straight to the point like like this is not a kid's movie like in my yeah opinion, mm-hmm. in my opinion i um, wouldn't necessarily yeah. show it to kids either because like it might be yeah. a little yeah. bit they're not gonna huh? get it there's things that they're that they don't have the in my opinion don't have the capability to understand and yeah. they could watch it when they're a kid. Like, you know, when you watch like The Lion King, you don't understand how tragic and moving it is until later. You you get sad when Mufasa dies, but when you understand the dramatic nuances and the everything else that's going on in the movie, it becomes even bigger and I think a better movie, in my opinion, when you get older. It's but for something a, you know, a yeah. lot more like adult things where like trying to not disappoint parents and mm-hmm their reactions when you think you're doing something great and then they're still disappointed in you and i'm just like yeah that's getting a little close to home i'm going to take a moment mm-hmm. goodbye mm-hmm. like that's pretty deep stuff <laughs> i'm just like no <laughs> but <laughs> i like and yet, yet. i like that it's i like that it's a disney movie and that it is on disney plus and kids will see it because it's just making it more attainable you know for audiences it's not mm-hmm wake up yeah. the parents to like not yeah shun their pa- their child's uh interest just hint, hint nudge nudge you know <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. got um i've got an interesting question that i want to sort of throw out there that i think would be really interesting to talk about we have all these really big sort of classic movies about black issues black culture like you know like glory and the, the color purple and and mm-hmm. uh and the help and um and and, and there's numerous other ones but 
um, they're all by white directors or mm -hmm. you know writers in certain cases. And mm -hmm. Jordan, I want to ask you. Um, to me, to me, it's just the movie that matters. In addition to obviously, we want more uh, people of color working at the industry and everything like that, of course. But I'm saying that does that have relevance to you, or is it the movie itself that matters beyond who made it? I'd say it does matter because, mm. at least from my understanding, like the way the um, people in the community see it is that if if they're not bringing more people of color into the into like the storyboarding mix into like the script writing then there's always going to be little elements of inaccuracy in there yeah um i remember particularly with the particularly with the help i remember people were yeah say, we're calling it like a white savior movie like even though they tried to um like you know portray the story this way like that's how it came across like maybe if they had some more people in the sure. writing room they could have but I guess in that case, it was based on a book too. So it's, I'm it's not I've never read the original harder. book. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, if maybe I, just, I just, just bring this up because I find it so interesting that you know we have these very major motion pictures that do bring attention to some very important, horrifying things that have happened to black people in the past, or um, you know, in terms of historical depiction, cultural depiction, and. You know, and I also even just more recently, there was I don't know if you guys know of um, uh, Celine Shiama. She directed Portrait of a Lady on Fire and uh, that mm -hmm. was at TIFF a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. um, oh, great. a couple of years ago now, if that's hard to believe. Really good movie. But she also before that did a movie called Girlhood, which is entirely about black teenage women sort of mm -hmm. um, living their life, you know, and she's the white French director. It was received very well, got some pretty good reviews. I thought it was a really good movie. But, but I just sort of, again, I sort of want to bring that up because it's a white director. Does that take away from the movie? Does that like, like if, if it was a black director, would we have had the same opinion about that movie? I think sort it could still be a good movie, but I mm -hmm. think like what Jordan was saying, like, I think it's like the little details and like, mm -hmm. the heart behind the think, vision of the director yeah. that you get a sure. little bit more like, you know, from Moonlight. Like, it's mm -hmm. just a very, mm -hmm. the little sentiment scenes and it's like the culture right the heart, you know like they yeah, yeah, yeah. they just hit you a little mm -hmm. bit more than like say sure. the help whereas i feel like that's more of a white movie with really good um scenes from like black actors see i feel like part of it i know that one seems more whitewash for me but go ahead jordan mm -hmm. i was gonna say i think maybe like as long as the director is willing to like listen to their mm -hmm. um huh. to their actors like maybe like change be okay with changing certain things like i remember with um uh, princess and the frog when that first came out mm -hmm. um the um main actress was uh, talking about how like she was talking with the directors and they were like really listening to um like her advice for some things they could like change about the how the character um like did things and um like as long as they're willing to listen i think that that goes a long way yeah mm -hmm. it's not just like one mm -hmm. Vision. Yeah, like like this. What totally, I'm really um, curious about is with the new movie coming out, um, Son of the South. It's mm -hmm. directed by a white director, but Spike Lee is working a lot with them. So I'm curious how that one's going to turn out because, like, looking at the storyline, like I love Lucas Till. However, this is going to be very weird because it definitely looks like a uh, whoa, like look at this white boy coming out of like 
the clan and stuff and trying to go away from his grandfather. But like, mm, how is this actually going to work? Seems like uh, a story that might not be there, like a, yeah. the right time. But it's interesting that Spike Lee is attached himself to it because I'm really curious how mm-hmm. that's going to be taken by the community. And, and this is sort of the point here, right? Like, you know, what I'm saying is, is like, let's say the we have a white director who does all of his research. He he has a maybe a black producer behind him, like Spike Lee. Maybe he writes with a black screenwriter, but initial, but it is still his directed movie. You know. Does that make it better? Does that make it worse? Would there be an issue if a black director directed a movie entirely about white people? We would say no, obviously, because that's not a big deal. But for another culture, is that was is the most interesting question that I think is interesting. Obviously, I think it does matter. I agree with that. But I'm just I just think it's very interesting that we have all these sort of touchstones of black culture and history and big <clears throat> movies and things that are considered classics um, by white directors. Um, just to kind of throw in there, I'm taking a look at the movie right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so the movie has 48 producers, and quite a few of them are uh, black or people of color. So I'm kind of equally interested, as uh, Sam said. Um, and it's mm-hmm. not like directly a black history movie, which is the weird side of that one. Which is, and it was premiered at um, the black sorry black film festival i believe it was back mm-hmm. in august so that's why i'm just like so very confused the, the poster is a little bit cringe can't lie i will say that oh it, it, like <laughs> i've seen some of this stuff okay the only reason i know this exists is because of tumblr and lucas till's tag so oh, we're it, gonna leave that there <laughs> it kind, it, i'm sorry the poster kind of makes it look like one of those lifetime movies and i know what it's not that <laughs> but it looks <laughs> like it you can't lie <laughs> like it looks bad like it's not an american flag <laughs> in the background and because yeah. he's the son of the south i get it <laughs> don't beat me over the head with it the movie hasn't happened yet <laughs> like it gets a sort of um negative example like um this isn't part of the black community but i guess it, the situation could be kind of similar is apparently mm. there's a movie that uh sia is working on oh i um, heard about that about oh autism. god that one yeah. yeah so apparently the lead person she cast she doesn't have autism but and mm-hmm. the organization she partnered with um in the autism community apparently isn't um, even though they say they're for autism, apparently they're not very popular in the autism community. Autism they say they're actually like more against them. Mm-hmm. And apparently she's not like listening to any criticism or concerns from the autism community about how this movie is going to be portrayed because like she wants to stay true to her vision of what the movie is going to be. The most recent interview brings even more light. Is the reason she's hired that person is they wouldn't let her produce it without hiring her. But apparent, mm. apparently she had an autistic actor and she said that they couldn't do the part. That was initial one that came out. And then afterwards, she talked about the fact that there's nepotism involved in it. The director. I don't know, man. I saw the that comments, was interesting. I saw the comments she made on Twitter. If that was true, then she needs to backtrack or she said some pretty awful stuff there. Oh, yeah. No, mm-hmm. she's an awful human being. I'm just curious, like now. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Just that was so casually thrown out. That was great. I'm sorry. No, no, no. There's no need to be sorry. There's no need to be sorry. That was so good. Like that was that was. Yeah, you didn't even know how casual that remark was. That was was so funny. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, she's not okay, a human being. But I the point is, it's like, yeah, like we already all know no this. Apparently, so the move, this yeah. movie, uh, it's called Music. Really original title. It has a total of five point <laughs> four out of ten on IMDb because it's already released in Australia. Apparently, it released a few days ago. Um, <laughs> and uh, the 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 poster is very terrible. And as someone who has a brother who is on the autism spectrum, I can only guarantee this is probably not going to be good. <laughs> this looks pretty bad. Because um, you can't sell... Selling an autism movie with two eggs and a ketchup happy face is not the way to do it. Oh, oh God. Yeah, no. um, but, like, that's, like, all the other movies where, like, they could have hired black actors um i'm thinking right. of a couple of egyptian Completely. films oh no I'm yeah no th there's plenty of horrible examples of oh yeah films that, just we... had, that have not it's like okay they tried did not go well that's why it's not watched like, by black people at all <laughs> so yeah. the only yeah. exception i will give to this is gal gadot because like we know cleopatra was like macedonian sorry right. guys <laughs> but like if you're going to have that much money and you're going to try to do a story, <laughs> do it right. Please, yeah, for the exactly. love of God, do it right. <laughs> but I would, but I would argue that that goes even when they hire the people from the right cultural background. Like, yes, continue to do it right throughout the entire process. Like I don't yeah. know if you guys saw that Harriet Tubman movement. Movie. Oh God, the revisionist oh. history. <laughs> and like the thing is, Harriet Tubman is such an interesting person. They don't need a revisionist history. Oh. She's already she already was a powerful this woman. Is the one that came out a couple of years mm -hmm. ago where she was nominated for best actress, right? Exactly. But it was yeah. but it, it's terrible. Like they're making things up left and right and they're like trying to make like <laughs> romantic strings. Just Why? story. This is what's so interesting when I see this mistake happen. It's like it's like you know, the the same shit happens in you know white people movies where they're like why did they add that romantic thing why did they add that none of that there's no need for any of that you know what uh, i mean the like, tesla like... movie oh there you go the there's one yeah token movie oh my god please do not token that was awful what did you guys do <laughs> oh i need yeah, to watch but, that. Exactly, <laughs> yeah the, the commercial is so bad that it. i just didn't even watch that yeah you're lucky because they think the producers panic think that it's not going to be exciting enough or something and then you get shit like this. And sure, I know the actress in Harry. I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. Can you guys remind me of the name of the actress? Uh, I'm going to uh, quickly look it up. Go for it. Okay, fantastic. Well, while I'm talking, um, I have heard no. I heard nobody talk about that movie. I, I, like, I, like I really, I, I really haven't. You know what I mean? Like, and I know, like, it got decent reviews. I know she was probably great in it. I have not seen the movie. I didn't have much interest because I was not hearing good things. Um, black community and or otherwise seeing this I movie. I tried mm -hmm. to go see it and it was in and out of theaters in our area so quick that within two Heard. weeks it was gone. Um, it's know. Cynthia I'm going to butcher the last name I apologize in advance Ariville? Ariville right. I think uh, it is. Thank you Nicole. <laughs> and it had like a good decent cast like I don't a good soundtrack too. Amazing soundtrack. But see, like that's the thing that's frustrating. Like, it, like if, if even people who didn't pay attention in history class know the basis of Harriet Tubman, even if you only know her for the Underground Railway, that enough is enough to show how powerful and amazing she was as a person. And then you cast people from the right ethnic background. You have a diverse cast. 
and then you still cock it up somehow. Like, and she's a good director. Like, she's had other good things. Like, she even directed an episode of Luke Cage. Like, she's good. I just maybe this that's like you don't have enough background and maybe they didn't bring in the right historians because a lot of times now a lot of these history movies is the directors taking it upon themselves to do the history with no historical background no understanding yeah. of historical context mm-hmm. nicole yeah. and i are both historians like it's just a that's waste because like you, it's such a waste yeah Why, a, strong it, actress, like, a good have this uh, yeah story you could tell a lot of people about you know her life and then it kind of just gets lost and the and thing is, it's other... the best movie to bring into classes about this subject. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a great opportunity to hit such a wide audience. Yeah, for sure. And the thing and is, too, research. Gonna another, and now, now it's, it's going to be another, another, another rerun of The Color Purple in class. Oh, that, and the thing is, Yeah, but I mean, at least too, that one is, like... Oh, no, I, I know, but I'm just saying. Show that, like... Something when there's ra- a new... More recent. New hit lines yeah. will get the young crowd. New, yes. exciting visions of history like uh, we'll get the young crowd yeah watching like, this old thing like you know the color book good movie i like the movie it's got problems mm-hmm. blah, yeah blah, but blah. it's the 90s yeah yeah but, but it's 80s it's 85 oh, it? like it's oh. old it mm-hmm. is old okay mm-hmm. to get these young people to get into this more the weight is on the filmmakers to make this a very yeah. interesting tale and and obviously it's going to be like they don't all have to be like 12 years a slave where it's very difficult to watch in scenes because it's very harrowing and very raw and very you know and we get blue pages blue paged if we put it in our classrooms in ontario right it's another mm-hmm. problem right like it's like sorry but reality's got to sink in at some point here but I was gonna say, also there was another period drama that i like but go ahead inevitably when when kids grow up seeing more black faces and black characters and black history and black then they then they can learn to empathize and want to understand more about it and then you have less ignorance that's like how that shit works you know mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. like like you have more of that in classes less like like there's more understanding and more attempts to understand and another bridge where yeah. and, you know, also... and even for black children who haven't known their full history, if they see themselves, they'll ask their parents, hey, what was that all about? They'll learn about it, you know, so. And Jordan, I don't know if this is your experience, but I know like we talk about this a lot within teaching. Um, we don't want to make that one student because like you might sometimes have a school where like they're mostly white. It's just that the fact that it is mm-hmm. it's the population of the area. You don't want to make that one black person. Uh, and I'm making you that one black person. I feel bad now. Um, <laughs> yeah. who has no to, worries. Like, shoulder Ladies and gentlemen, we have made Jordan that... the token black person of our podcast. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> what do you go, Sam? It's all your fault. Cut down. All Thanks. your fault, Sam. Uh... <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Anyways, I'm, just kidding. I'm sorry, Jordan, for doing this, but like you oh, no, 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 no. end up putting up all the onus on them, and that's not fair to them. But, like, if you show these things, it gives them a stepping stone for other students to start learning more. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be that one student who has to say everything about their culture that they might not even know for everyone else. Not Mm -hmm. fair to the student. And it's not fair to anyone who's that culture, whether it's, like, the one white person in the classroom, the one Latina in the classroom, or Latino the one southeast asian like it happens yeah. no matter what culture but it's still not fair to that student to have yeah. to like shoulder mm-hmm. the onus of your their entire culture and be the one teaching to everyone educate. like no right. it doesn't work 
Yeah. I actually one movie I think that would be really nice to show in schools is uh Hidden Figures. Yes. Yes. Yeah, like um... mm-hmm. although that one is currently getting a little bit of um attacking right now and we're being told to think carefully before we show that in class. But that should I be do with, remember that, that they did change movie. a few things. Okay. Um, in that one. Oh, sorry, Nicole, oh, you the... saying? Go ahead, Nicole. Oh, I, I was just saying, but that should be with any movie, like, and that's yes. that's why, like, something like Harriet is frustrating, because unfortunately, some people take everything they see as face value in films, and they mm-hmm. don't have the onus to go out and maybe learn about it, they just watch it, absorb it, and they think that's how it is. Um, and obviously, no, movie's going to be, you know, 100% historically accurate, that's impossible, but you should be at least in the ballpark so that when people watch it or learn about it, they go, oh, that's interesting. I might want to go out and learn about that. But if you're off on another planet, it's hard for people to even be like even interested to come back to something like that because they'll be like, well, that's not even how they were. So why do I care? Yeah, or you end up having to make like an assignment when you're it seems like we're talking a lot about teaching in the well, way that we would use these, but we have too many teachers in this room, aka too. Um. Well, even outside of the realm of teaching, like, if you just don't even, if it's so historically inaccurate, like, you're not going to care to want to learn about something, or you're going to be or like, you'd well, have to learn like the that. wrong thing. Exactly. Or you have to go out and do, like, a research. So let's figure out exactly how wrong this is. I'm going to use an example. The Patriots. <laughs> the Patriots. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> How did okay. I know she was going to bring oh, yeah. that one well, up? Here's the thing. If you're taking a movie that's directed by the guy who directed Independence Day as a serious historical drama, then you can't. You like hey. you just you have to go into that movie. Okay, listen. Like, my yeah, my grade 11 American history teacher, I remember we watched this in class and he said after we watched it, now you're going to write me a review about everything that was wrong with this yeah. movie. No, that's good. <laughs> that's Nicole, a good way to do it. That's your grade 11? My grade 11 uh, movie that we watched in class, it wasn't for American history. It was for our uh, ancient civilizations. What possessed the teacher? I do not know. All girls school, grade 11s. Let's watch the 300. I was not paying attention to the story. The storyline <laughs> was the act. You watched 300 too. To be fair, to be fair, here's the thing. Here's the thing that doesn't. Here's the, here's the thing that doesn't make any sense about that. I'm going to jump in here. We could show the most violent shit to oh, kids in high school in stuff, but, 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 but we can't. No, but I'm just saying we were allowed to quote unquote do that, but we can't show real raw violence in its form in historical context against black people that makes no sense mm-hmm. i think makes okay, no i'm gonna bring the teacher equity side to it for the reasons of please, no please one gives a shit about if i'm sounding ignorant i need to know but i but i'm no, just no, saying no, it's not sounding ignorant saying, i'm going to bring up the i'm going to bring up the way um teachers view it and the way administration views it and to an extent i can understand because it does lead to some issues the reason why showing the 300, even though my prof got in, like my teacher got in trouble for it, is ain't no way you're going to get upset about no Greeks getting the wrong um, view. No one's going to care if the Greeks are being uh, portrayed wrong. However, mm-hmm. if you bring in things that are very real and very historical, long-term generational trauma to the classroom, and it's real violence that 
might trigger something that they know, it's a lot more real to those students who might have massive reactions to it hmm. than if you just show something from like what 3,000 years well 2,400 years ago of yeah. people who we don't care if like the Greeks get upset let's be honest in a classroom okay. we don't give a shit about that to the okay. this also, topic is going like to bring up real class. generational trauma you know I, I understand I understand that but let's say you're learning about it in class and learning about the context and you give them a warning beforehand and say, if anybody's uncomfortable, you don't have to sit through this, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. like, I, I just think that if we're going to show it in a book, talk about it in a book, talk about this, these words that were said to these people, the violence that was said against these people. And oh, then that's we're not show... even allowed anymore either, Jason. Okay. Half of those books are banned in schools. And that's why the education system is flawed. Yeah. Okay. So, like, we can show some of the movies. So, if I'm showing something that might be a little bit triggering, I will not show the entire movie. Mm. So, like, I'll okay. show bits and pieces. There's been, I can't remember which movie. Oh, right. Um, I was teaching world religions in a Catholic school. So, disclaimer on that one. Mm. I show parts of the Passion of the Christ. Parts. Parts. I did not right. show the entire damn movie because, like, it makes me feel sick, and it's not even bloody enough to what it should have been. However, that right. being said, you don't show the entire movie sometimes because you don't want to like make the students throw up in a corner. I like I get with it. a book that was a lot yeah. of like suicidal warnings, and every two seconds I had to be like, okay, there's going to be a discussion about self harm. I had students who had to walk out, but the thing is, that might get that student in trouble when a principal goes why are you taking a walk my teacher told me i could take a walk i don't believe mm. you and then they send them back okay. all these okay. theories are really good and i would love for us to be able to do it but there's real trauma that we have to discuss and right. if we're not teachers are not equipped to deal with trauma mm. i don't know so how here's... to deal with what's happening in the news with my students yeah, yeah, yeah. am i going Wait. to put myself in the position show them this and i don't know how to deal with it it's going to be a shit show <laughs> So I'll, uh, so I'll just use, I guess I'll just use an example of what mm -hmm. I sort of had to go through in high school as sort of a context. And, uh, and I promise I'll bring it back around to um, what we're talking about today, Black history in a second. But mm -hmm. the example that I'm going to use is in my grade, I think it was 10 or 11 history class, one of them, watched um, The Pianist in its entirety. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, immensely disturbing stuff that I hadn't seen before. I was what 11 at that point or 12 or no no more than that sorry um that's when grade 11 you were like six, <laughs> yeah, grade sorry. 11 were you a teenager i was thinking of when the movie came out which is okay prodigy was, over here it was 15, so you're 16, 16, 15 16 yeah, yeah and i watched it and there's, this, there's a scene in it i apologize people listening there's a scene where they're next door and they're watching the Nazis infiltrate an apartment next door and they throw a woman off the balcony who's in a wheelchair and they kill her. And mm -hmm. one of the people, uh, one of the guys in my class started laughing because I don't think he, he didn't have the emotional maturity to sort of, I guess, take what was happening in the movie in context, right? Like he just, he just, I don't know if he thought it was hilarious or he wasn't really caring about what the could movie was about or that could be not. his reaction to traumatizing right. events. yeah could, could be reaction to trauma so the teacher took him out and you know 
talk with them about it. And uh, I obviously I didn't hear that conversation, but he came back in and he was quiet for the rest of the movie. So maybe either the teacher gave him a talking to about, hey, listen, I maybe you find this like how it was shot kind of funny, but this actually happened and blah, 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 and explain the context. And he went back into class or she talked with him about the traumatic reaction that he had as a defense mechanism and mm-hmm. saw if there's any issues. But he came back in and we finished the movie. It's perfectly perfectly great movie um you know but uh I, I guess i'm just sort of maybe it's just different now is that i don't understand why we can't have that teaching of historical context now i'm going to you know? use an example that i had in a practicum and this wasn't that long ago this was like what six seven years ago hmm. i got in trouble for discussing real issues of anti-semitism in poland through the world religion section on Judaism and discussing how anti-Semitism did not end with World War II. Right. I got screamed at by a parent, which then led to me going like, my actual last name is Koslowski. So yeah, no, don't bring me none of this BS about the Polish people being innocent. We were equally guilty. However, (laughs) we can't do that anymore because parents will yell at us. Parents will Eh, bring this to the- yeah, but the thing is, you can't have that when they go to the media. And the media is going to bring up some interesting things. And then the school gets um, bomb threats. The school gets violence threats. It's a lot more difficult than it used to be. Mm. So that so, movie that you would have watched is not allowed in schools anymore. So it is, it is like, what, 12 years? What, how long ago since we graduated high school, guys? Uh, 12 years ago changed not necessarily for the better we can't show a lot of that stuff anymore we're actually told not to show movies at all i know i guess i just i'm struggling as to why when there's many important issues for um yeah black people more than ever today i don't get why i don't get it like like i that to me that to me that's just going backwards and that's the complete opposite of what we should be doing. I I understand there's different sensitivities and stuff that we know about these days in yeah. kids. And I understand that there's things that are too horrific to show at a certain age. But I think, like, you know, if you send out a form, the context, we're going to be showing this movie today. This is what mm-hmm. we're showing. And the parents sign it. Their kid can see it or whatever. You know, like then Jason, legal, legal protection, emotional protection, parental protection. You know, if you take all those things, you should still be able to show it. I fully agree. And the problem is getting it past the administration. Parents would mm-hmm. sign it. It's getting because past the administration. Can, can you not just tell, recommend it? And then whoever wishes to watch it can watch it on their own? Again, an saying. equity issue that they might not have access to internet or the resources to watch it. Yeah, but I mean, you know, like at a further date, like you educate them in the schools and then just say like the material is out there. There's movies out there. Hmm. And yeah. You know, that yeah. way it's not shown yeah. on school property. You don't have to deal with Yeah, watch this movie, this embedded website, or, and I get the internet thing, but watch it on this website, write a paragraph about it. I mean, it I in. feel like as long as they that actually would get it, us in trouble because we're assuming that they all have access and then we'd be leaving some students without the ability to watch. It. Yeah, I know. This is a wonderful thing. I'm, we can talk about teaching politics and how it's failing our students, like nobody's business, till the sun comes yeah. down. Well, because I guess the reason. It doesn't even have to really be shown. I just mean, like, as long as they know about it. I think that's what the I, main problem is. It's because there's huge films. To avoid it. To so, I'm going to talk about a couple of films that yeah. would be huge for kids if you could show them. You probably can't show these now, and you'll tell me, I'm sure. But I'm yep. just saying that 
two massive filmmakers who were pioneers in sort of like the 80s and 90s in terms of modern um, mm. black depiction were Spike Lee and John Singleton. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and I'll talk about just a couple of those things. John Singleton became the youngest ever of any race ever mm-hmm. director to be nominated for best director and the first African-American to be nominated for best director at 24 for his movie hey. Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood is a, is it's it's dated. I'll give it that. It was made the year I was born in 1991, but it's very good. It was also a breakout mm-hmm. for Ice Cube for one of mm. his first big acting roles. Cuba Gooding Jr. was in that before he did Jerry Maguire. And it's it's a very good it's about he grew up in a neighborhood where he taught he's talked about how he grew up in a neighborhood where it was only you only saw black people wherever you went. Yeah. You know, so he he talks about this sort of, you know, gang activity in this completely sort of closed off neighborhood. It's a very good movie. Highly recommend. And obviously, um, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, which was very a very big touchstone in the late 80s for sort of depicting how just on this one hot day, all of the unsaid tensions between um, an Italian pizza owner and the black community that he lives in just sort of reached their boiling well, point, you know, and um, and these films, in my opinion, have a really, really uh, have their finger on the pulse of a youthful vibe to them not they don't feel old they don't feel ancient they feel like they're very hip up to date different vibrant and showing this to any audience of any race i think would be a very valuable justice but especially young people growing up and learning about modern day culture from this perspective i think it would be great if we had those stories for students and i think like grade 12 is a perfect time where you can start bringing those in because they're all basically old enough to watch 18a movies Mm -hmm. yeah what i would love to see and i think like i would hope the community starts to be able to do that is when there's a huge issue like making a film that they know is rated pg-13 that student that teachers can show in class i will be forever grateful for the director of the promise that he made this movie about the armenian genocide with that pg-13 thought process in it that he wanted it to be able to be played in schools that would are, help uh, teachers yeah. across north and like north america entirely like if you can have that canadian t- teachers can use it american teachers can use it in order to bring these stories to the students it's such a hard time to be like i want to show this but it's rated 18a mm. mm-hmm. jordan i'll ask i'll ask you this question do you think that um that if they were let's say not dumb it down that's the not the appropriate phrase mm-hmm. but let's say they censored or undercut a few things in a movie to make it pg-13 does that cheapen history or does that um does that make it better because more people are seeing it uh, I guess it would depend on how the censorship is done mm-hmm. because like I mean actually now that I think about it I don't really know what what the less F-bombs that's really the difference we should tell our viewers that the Canadian rating system mm-hmm. is different we have G, P, G, 14A, 18A and then R as we our don't have those anymore rating. Because of Ford. Yeah, we do. No, Should we got still rid of do. them, FYI. No, those still exist. You can't no, have that. Okay, let me explain again. The board rating system next year will be eliminated for a different 
form of recommendations according to how the new Ontario Film Board was put in thanks to Ford earlier in the, last year. Done. Moving on. <laughs> oh, so, so, so you're saying that this is changing next year? Yes. Hmm. Okay. Is right now... I don't know. I was just saying for now until next year or whatever, when our premier does something different, I guess, in terms of outside of Quebec, in terms of outside mm-hmm. of Quebec right now, because Quebec has its different thing. Um, it is G for family films, PG for parental guidance. 14A would be the equivalent, I guess, of PG 13. 18A would be the equivalent to the American R. And then our mm. R is the equivalent of their NC-17. So that's how that system sort of yeah. works. Like, you um, can see an 18A movie as long as, like, an adult takes you. Yeah, as, as, as long as, as you like, no yes to that creepy guy who's going to let you in the theater, you know, and all that stuff, you know. <laughs> You'll be able to see <laughs> okay. it. Okay. I am, unfortunately, they do not care trying to go to a 14A movie. I know. They do not care at all about who goes and sees those movies. If it's R, it's the only time they care. Yeah. Right. Uh, but going but, um, back to the original to Jason's question, I mm-hmm. I think like depending on how the censorship is done, I think they could still like keep most of the movie intact and then allow mm-hmm. it to be shown at schools because I think that would be really good, especially for those two movies you listed. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah, like yeah, what yeah. I'm like, meaning sort of like with the censorship PBS thing is basically like drop a couple of the f-bombs because that's usually what is barring us it's not necessarily the violence per se it's the amount of cussing i'm not gonna lie yeah in terms of in in terms of the violence that the violence always gets at a higher rating regardless because like 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 obviously you can't take 12 years of slave and make it a pg-13 movie it just wouldn't work based on what the movie wants to do um you know but but in terms of depictions and stuff but um, but I just I just wonder I sort of wonder if we if it like in terms of all these we we've talked about just before about how the the responsibility that black filmmakers and actors and everybody have to make mm. these stories good. I just wonder if dumbing it down or taking out a few f bombs would cheapen it because if you take out some f bombs, fine, but maybe you still have some very gross depictions of you know lynchings, et cetera, et cetera, yeah, you know, and so on and so on. That well, will still get it that rating. Yeah, I think like one of the issues that um, like I'm not saying cheaping it, not saying that I'm like still have it in there, but the problem is when they linger and that's where a lot of us get into trouble is because why are you showing a film where there's a five minute lynching scene that's where we have the issue but like i would love to show these again i don't want to cheapen it i don't want it to be like i'm sorry i want to be able to show it in class but again like we are constrained by what society allows and it is difficult to be able to show as much as possible because we are want to do it let's a lot of okay i would love to do it i don't know with every other teacher many teachers i know would love to show more it's finding a way to bring it in even if that means we might have to cut a couple scenes when we're showing it like jumping in front of the camera during the scenes in schindler's list a couple of them i remember that was shown back in the day Yes, I had to jump in front of the thing when Liam Neeson's butt was on screen. I forgot about that scene. That's like the best part of the 
that is a very depressing movie, young lady. Adriana remains completely unmoved by it. Anyways, moving on. I just I was agreeing with Liam Neeson. He said I could have done more. I said yes, you could. Yeah, I thought like that's not a criticism. I was agreeing with him. I know, but that's not the point. <laughs> Anyways, um, but he, the point is that yeah, Anyways, maybe a little go less campaigning in the beginning. Yeah, let's go back to do the right thing. Let's go back to do the right thing. as an example that has a whole ton of swearing throughout the entire movie. And, yes, but, but it is not like. These kids. Can we get the version that they show on Showcase, where they just have the beeps every two seconds? No, and show it. No, no. Oh. I mean, but, you know, you know what I mean. Like, like, like that wouldn't kids would laugh at that yeah, because that some the... of them, not all of them, obviously, we're not generalizing here. But I'm yeah. saying they recognize that they talk like that, so they'll believe it more. They'll get into it more when they believe that characters are talking the way that they would talk. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, mm-hmm. like they, they get into it more. And I'm not saying. It, and obviously, the argument from the school board would be this is encouraging swearing. They're already fucking doing it anyways. They They're already see yeah. saying And and I you know I just don't understand how I could have watched something going up that had horrific events, people being shot at point blank range, handicapped people being thrown off the balcony, her bodies being piled up and burned, et cetera, et cetera. But God forbid we watch an authentic movie about racial tensions in a neighborhood because there's some swearing. Just does it yeah. like, like to, to me? To me, that has to change, and I, I don't agree. get why. I agree, but the penis, don't get penis is still not allowed in schools anymore. Okay, no, anyways, fine, whatever, whatever. But I'm just all I'm saying is, is that nope. if 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 we want these films to hit their mark a little bit more, it has to start when these kids are learning and absorbing this stuff. That's all yep. I'm saying. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Jordan. Oh, actually. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Adriana. Go ahead. No, I was just thinking. I was just um something that you could show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just watching second season of I don't know if this really counts, but second season of Umbrella Academy. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like a fun, like series based on a comic book, right? And then season two comes along, and it's just really interesting because you're following the these lives of these superheroes. And then all of a sudden, it kind of gets a little serious when they're transported to Dallas in 1963. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was really interesting where, um, of course, it's, you know, a mixed race. Like, there's white people, there's Hispanic. But the Hispanic and the Black actress, um, you know, their characters all of a sudden change for the worse because she's segregated in 1963. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was like a really interesting way for this series yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden it gets really serious and you kind of take for granted like, you know, she's living 2020. She's an actress. She's probably the most successful out of her brothers and sisters. And then as soon as she's transported back in time, she's fighting for her life. Mm-hmm. You know, I just thought it was mm-hmm. a good it's way a to good- do it to show the the pro the peaceful protest that you know they would do back then and you know in the light of the you know martin luther movement and uh yeah i just thought it was a good way to show it it's yes like not a graphic way Mm -hmm. to do it but it shows that they're they were peaceful just sitting down in a cafe and they couldn't do that in a white cafe you know of course 
yeah anyway i just just watching that so i thought it was kind of interesting and a good way to show like teens who are watching this to make them realize like oh my god like that's not that long ago yeah right Mm -hmm. so anyway i just thought that was interesting I'm sorry, yeah, and I'm being really, really negative. And sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Jordan. I'm being really negative about the you know stuff that you can't show in schools, but there obviously are some examples that I'll talk about in a second, but I'll let Jordan do his piece. Well, I was just going to say, that's like one of the nice things, I guess, about TV series is that they're mm-hmm. able to, like, I guess because of how, um, well, I mean, I like guess particularly daytime television because there's like, they're more aware, I guess, or maybe they're designed with the sensors in mind already. Yeah. Something, but like they can like quickly like they can do episodes like that where like the one-off episode about racial tensions um or like flashback or time traveling episodes um and but, yeah there's some really yeah ones. well one that comes to mind for me i don't know if you guys know this one but um when mr rogers neighborhood was on the air one yes of, yes one of mm-hmm. the biggest like kind of um i guess scandals in the show was that when it originally aired, there's an episode where Mr. Rogers, it's like an episode takes place in summertime, and it's hot outside, and he invites his neighbor, who's a black man who delivers the mail, um, to come and share the pool with them. There's like a kiddie pool, and they sit, and they dip their feet into it. And it was like mm-hmm. a big scandal and a big mm-hmm. deal, because a white man and a black man were, were sharing sitting, water. Were, yeah, we're sharing water. We're sitting side by side doing something as equal. And the pool statement is also extremely important. You can get people to research why the pool was chosen and what was happening to Black people who were using public pools at the time. What yeah. jackasses in the South would do. Exactly. Throw acid in there. literally bring chemicals to the pool and throw it in and shit. Like it's exactly. Nuts. So that was it's a great touchstone to even go further into explaining what was happening. Mm-hmm. I know um, mm-hmm. recently there's been a lot of like the cop shows are dealing with police brutality and those issues within the shows. Like you have SWAT doing it because the main actor is black. You have it in the rookie even right now. And it's really hard to watch some of them, mm-hmm. but they're also good touchstone to get students discussing it mm. seeing it mm-hmm. it's it's, it's not accessible like it's, it's in so many movies whether it's it's d- depicted seriously like in 2014 selma which is a really good movie mm-hmm. or if it's depicted as a quote-unquote joke in other films the fact that it's joked about and depicted seriously constantly means it's a problem Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, 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 they're not pulling this stuff out of thin air, okay? You know, like, God knows how many other cases we haven't seen that you know aren't filmed and stuff. But all I'm saying mm-hmm. is, is that plenty of films have shown it in a way, and plenty of TV shows have shown it in a way, whether it's dark comedy or showing it realistically. Mm-hmm. A, a really good example of this that happened recently was um, was a movie called uh, "The Hate You Give." Um, it was mm-hmm. a youth, was a, which was really I, that that surprised me completely how good that movie was. I, I was so happy it was a mature movie approaching youth and in a very just linear way. I really liked it. And it that just shows is used how, a lot in schools now. Yeah. And the, the movie's really good too, if you guys haven't mm-hmm. seen it. It's really good. And I haven't it, seen that one now. It shows it shows the direct lines as to how the violence is passed on through the generations because of, yep. you know, poverty and equality and things like that. And it's it's just it's very, very, very powerful stuff. And um, mm-hmm. but it's also like 
a little bit light. There, there's some, there's some really interesting interactions, some lighter interactions that pepper very yeah. serious movie to make it a digestible movie that isn't hammering you over the head. Something like, like I said before, Twelve Years a Slave. It's a good movie, yeah. but it's entirely serious and depressing the whole time. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it, it can be hard to digest on a on a regular basis. Something like The Hate You Give, <laughs> uh, or or even well, the late great Chadwick Boseman, who chose to pick very important black characters in history and depict them very well in things like 42 and um marshall yeah. and get on up a lot and, of the you know, movies and, you again digestible show. movies yeah. about important things it is very good like i would say those ones are good like selma you can show in schools you can show the hg really? that one's yeah okay that i didn't fine. show selma because the bridge scene is pretty brutal in that movie I didn't yeah it's pretty brutal by like comparatively to the ones I'm thinking of that are the difficult ones are where it. How can I say this? And when it's the entire movie is basically that. Mm. What the bridge scene is. Some of them are that hard. It's hard to get them approved. But like Selma, you can make an argument for it. And they might say, don't show the entire bridge scene. So you might fast forward through a couple minutes or you might put it at sneaky teachers like me might put it at double <laughs> speed so they see it it's just faster yeah interesting but interesting like, I, think, I think go um, for it nicole my apologies that's okay um i think a movie that also can be interesting kind of to tie um what uh, both jason and sam were saying and uh jordan i'd like to kind of hear your your thoughts on this too if you've seen it um i recently rewatched. Uh, Blackboard Jungle. Um, speaking of, one. of one of the greatest black actors, uh, Sidney Poitier, um, right. and I think it's it, it's interesting because it ties to kind of uh, what we've been discussing. And this is a movie from I believe 1954, so it's and it talks about those kind of racial tensions uh, between. Uh, you know, people of color, uh, black men and white men kind of in the classroom setting. Um, and I don't know, has has anyone seen this movie before? What was the name, Nicole? Blackboard Jungle. I haven't uh, heard I actually seen... haven't seen this one. No, I actually really haven't heard of that one, honestly. Yeah. Hmm. I now really want to look this up. Black... Oh, so 1955? Yes. I don't think I've seen this one. Oh! I mean, honestly, we'd be remiss not to talk about Sydney Poitier, pioneering, um, pioneering that visibility and industry for black actors, for sure. Um, like I said, all his no. other movies, except for that. I know, except for that one that you mentioned. Yeah, like, like you know, and not to not to take away from the movie that you just said, Nicole. But guess who's coming to dinner? And in the heat of the night, are two massive landmarks in terms of um, depicting very bluntly racial tensions between white and black cultures in two mm-hmm. completely different ways. One in a legal context, one in a social context, which I thought was really, really interesting. Well, mm-hmm. even a patch of blue where he's the main actor, like main character, and mm-hmm. he falls in love with a white woman who's blind. Mm-hmm. And he she's illiterate and he te- he's an educated man who teaches her. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. Oh, oh I've never that seen could- that one. And once I discuss um like marriage equality at that time, or some two good ones would be loving and uh, United Kingdom. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would be also good to like discuss to pair with um why is my brain just turned off? Um well well loving's really interesting because that well loving's really interesting because that sort of flips the whole cliche southern racist yes. white guy out of head where mm-hmm. the relationship is now directly involved in that culture with a black woman. So what do you do now? Which is why I, I like the perspective of that movie quite a bit. I I actually yeah I really enjoy that movie. Um, I think because it shows that it shows the the discrepancies and the issues of having like we talk about black issues, white issues, but it's I think it's a whole different issue to be you know a child from coming from a mixed relationship, especially in that time period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I think it was a really kind of interesting thing to talk. Uh, to tackle because you see the struggles of both mother and father being in love with each other wanting to have a good life for their children but in their own way both facing separate issues at different levels Mm -hmm. and kind of like what it's like for there's like there's definitely scenes in that movie where they're both afraid for their children like um i don't know if you've seen it but there's a scene in it where um, Michael Shannon plays a reporter for like uh, Lifetime magazine, and he comes to their house to to take pictures of the family, basically, because like they're mm-hmm. like this big sort of event that you know they're this mixed race, uh, or they're this uh, multicultural family, and like there's a scene where he comes to the house and he introduces himself, and they automatically are like on the defensive and like very kind of protecting their children and making sure that. No, nothing's gonna happen, which is not something that anybody should have to go through. But yeah, um, it's kind of like small details like that, which kind of intrigued me and pulled me towards a movie like that. Which, again, we think of as nothing today, but back then it was a really big issue, and it's kind mm-hmm. of interesting for that perspective. I thought what was really <clears throat> sorry, I thought what was really interesting too about that movie was how. Like, even between the couple, like, um, Ruth Nega's character was, like, happy to, like, be fighting for this cause and be in the spotlight. Whereas um, the husband, uh, Joel Edgerton, was more, like, reserved, wanting to just be with his family and not have to be this big show for the country. Mm -hmm. Inevitably, it has to be because of the nature of the relationship. He gets sort of roped into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that a lot of these movies that we've talked about don't really discuss the situation for those who are mixed because like that is a huge issue within mm-hmm. the culture i think mixed people on average are like where the heck do i fit in question mark it, especially in the aspect of um how do you put this and in kind of like you know a voluntary mixed relationship not something that's mm-hmm. unfortunately born out of abuse or on other unfortunate yep. circumstances mm-hmm. like these are just two people that fell in love and one happened to be white and one happened to be black and that's what it was so um but in, in terms of a new um like what we were talking about earlier we were talking about i remember i think it was sam and asked jordan how every movie is very serious every black movie always has huge historical context and there's very huge emotion in it blah blah I, but there's plenty of movies that are just pure fun 
that have mm-hmm. awesome talent in front behind the camera that are black. Mm-hmm. You know, like like um just to just to sort of get into that a bit because I wanted to make sure we got that in as well because it's like barbershop and Friday obviously are pretty yeah. cultural, culturally relevant, mm-hmm. very funny films that aren't trying to be anything other than um be very funny, entertaining escapes depicting authentic places where black people would mm-hmm. engage and talk and things like that. And then there's even sort of uh, equilibrium with some white films with something like girls trip or think like a man or things like that, you know, where it's all, almost entirely black cast, but doing why, why, why wouldn't they be able to have similar experiences, comedies and do their own thing and have their own jokes and things like that, you know, that sort of bring you into another type of humor. Um, mm-hmm. Just, regular comedies you know yeah it's i was just gonna ask if you had any sort of lighter um films black people that you were oh, i do in. um i guess i feel like part of the problem is that it's always those super serious movies about like the historical stuff yeah. that gets recognition whereas mm-hmm. these like lighter comedies don't yeah um they're not like put to the mainstream right mm-hmm. they're kind of like put to the side and not given like the same budget or the mm. same advertisement or like they can have like a huge budget but the advertisement never got there oh black dynamite is pretty mm. good if we're looking for like that's a good that, that, that's a really good uh black exploitation <laughs> parent like, what the hell is it bad i didn't understand the trailer and i haven't gone to see it but like, oh <laughs> can someone please explain it to me it's 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 a parody of a of old black exploitation movies like Superfly and Shaft. It's oh, okay. the black the black hero who goes in, you know, and just does whatever he wants, says the cheesy lines, and you're dead. Like that <laughs> sort of, that's, it's 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 based on those early like very relevant. Shaft's still a really good movie in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But, um. You know, it's oh, based like on all the exhibit setups at TIFF, and like I was like, "What is this about? Why does everyone have these glasses? I'm so confused. I'm too tired to <laughs> figure out know. what's happening." Oh, I, I, I thought of an excellent movie. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, but I saw it a couple years ago at TIFF. Um, has anyone seen Coffee with with Pam Greer? No. Oh, oh. so it's this movie from the 1970s, and she's basically like, um, like so. The basically she's she's like this sexy, um, sort of like sexy secret agent that takes on like drug dealers and like crimes in her town, and I I'm like I I knew P- Pam Greer before going to the movie, but she but she was there, and I can't lie, I got like pretty starstruck because she gave an excellent talk about it, and she talked about being a black woman and being in an action film in the 1970s and that's like it's you know really cheesy it's kind of like a a disco background and whatever and um she's for people to know the spelling it's c-o-f-f-y and uh and she like uh if you've ever seen austin powers girl member um foxy cleopatra's kind of modeled off of coffee um And, like, Pam Greer talks about, like, for Christ's sake, she did the whole film. She broke her leg really early in the production of the film. And they talked about how, she talked about how they just turned her cast into a boot. Like, they they added a heel to the end of her cast. So, like, she could just walk around in her cast um, and, like, still shoot all her action scenes and stuff like that. So, I think, so when we talk about, I think, like, you know, actors that are kind of 
um, in sort of that comedic role or less serious role. Um, this looks someone, great. someone like Pam Greer, and like the cast has a lot of black actors, so it's Booker Bradshaw's in it, um, mm. William Elliot, Elliot in it, who were very popular in the seventies. Um, so something like that, I think, is a kind of a good example because yeah, when we sexy nurse trope. Yeah. Jackie Brown. And I really <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So if you're not familiar with Pam Brewer, I guess you best be known from from Jackie Brown. Um, but she was fantastic in it, and the movie was great. And like, I kind of afterwards, I was like, oh my god, this is really cool because she was like so eloquent and well spoken, and she talked about what it was like for not even like I think it, it's difficult for black men in, in the film industry I think it's equally as difficult for black women so talking about being a black actress in the 70s um mm. was kind mm. of inspiring and I think that she's someone who's maybe not as well appreciated as they should be mm-hmm. so I highly recommend that movie if you if you ever have the chance to watch it it's a little bit silly but it's really fun so if you want to see a really good Pam Greer movie in general that's more modern, obviously Tarantino's Jackie Brown is the way to go. I know Tarantino wrote and directed it, but she is incredible in that movie. Yeah, she's fantastic in that. She has such uh, a wide variety of career movies. Just looking at her like IMDb right now. Yeah. Awesome. She has she like a really, really diverse career. So, but... Yeah. I know we're. I, by the way, I know we're going long here, but before we get out of you know the comedy material stuff, I think we have to talk about Eddie Murphy and how yes. massive. <laughs> yes. He was. yes. Because, I was actually just every... ready to do that too. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. Awesome. Because like you know his he he you know was in black action movies in addition to black comedies. I mean, Beverly Hills Cop were huge, huge mm. movies, right? Mm-hmm. Coming to America, the Which Nutty is getting a sequel. Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and then okay, obviously Martin Lawrence and like, other people who would come great. in after him with Big Mama's House and stuff and you know the comedy masterpiece Norbit just kidding but you get what I mean <laughs> you get what I mean well we did talk about Eddie Murphy we just didn't get deep into it when we started bringing up no, no, but, I, but I wanted to because I think it's important because there's all these these films it's, it's another type of humor that too often gets glossed over it may not be for mm-hmm. you they're huge, financially successful movies. Tyler Perry as Medea, another mm-hmm. big example of financially successful movies in modern day. Like he's and done what? Shrek be the same thing? without Donkey? Oh. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to say that. <laughs> I mean, Sorry, Nicole, you go first. Oh, I was about to say, I mean, like Tyler Perry's not my favorite filmmaker, but as a human being, I think he's you no know, a wonderful human being. He he gives to charity. He um I don't know, recently during coronavirus, he's been, like, employing people. He's been, like, mm-hmm. paying for people's groceries just, like, out of the blue. Um, so, like, he's mm-hmm. someone that I also admire because, like, you know, he's one of those multifaceted writer, director, producers, and those are mm-hmm. very rare and far between. Yeah, yeah well, the interesting thing is that from what I've seen, that, like, a lot of people in the Black community are mixed on him because, like, while some of his movies do, like, play up the stereotypes that a lot of people are trying to avoid um mm. like he does have his audience and he always makes like as jason said they always make money mm-hmm. he's the only person since spielberg to have i think it was something like it was like eight movies or something open with 20 million plus on a weekend hey. 
Like it was, it was, it was something crazy. It was some crazy statistic I saw And his movies. You know, they make their 50 mil and they go away, but he makes a ton of money because the movies aren't expensive. And mm-hmm. it, honestly, Tyler Perry's, you know, he's not for me. He's not my kind of guy, you know, in terms of humor or what he's trying to do. He's a little over melodramatic and stuff like that, but he is very successful and very big at what he wants to say through his voice. And obviously with Medea, he makes a boatload of money through comedy. So, you know, I think that you talk about all these massive landmark films that are talking about very important things, but I think there needs to be more attention brought to this. There, there is a whole nother side of humor that audiences just don't see that are, that is hugely successful, hugely mm-hmm. successful. And I think when you sort of branch out and see a few more of those and you sort of get into it, maybe it'll be for you and maybe it won't, but you can't take away from the fact that Beverly Hills Cop was one of the highest grossing movies of that year, that bad boys, you know, is, is an incredibly successful film because of the charisma of its two actors, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and, and obviously Eddie Murphy dressing up as 10 people in Nutty Professor is a oh, talent man. on its own, mm-hmm. right? You know, so like, you know, you can't, even if the humor is not for you, and like, you can't, you can't, you can't deny that it's, it's, it's a huge part of the film industry that makes bank on a regular basis. With Tyler Perry, like he tries to put out as much as possible. Like I'm just looking at it now. He has like so many shows that are out that like. And are... a lot of them are plays first too. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. He, he does a lot of play adaptations. Sweet. So I'm just like looking at his directed list right now and. Like they might not be hits, but at least he's getting stuff out there. No, and, and I mean, and he's giving people work. Yep, mm-hmm. I, I'm currently intrigued by the Oval, even though it has a terrible rating. But I'm intrigued. <laughs> I'm down yeah. for whatever the hell this is. It looks when you look at the box office for his movies, though, like it's really interesting how built in the audience is for the opening yeah. weekend for him. He makes a lot of money. Then maybe it goes to on demand or whatever. And obviously it's different now because there's no theaters. But, um, you know, in terms of how how consistent he's been in terms of his success, it's very rare for a black director to have that consistently. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you, you have to say, you give him props for that, regardless yeah. of what you think of the movie. And I think it also kind of speaks that, like everyone, we've, we've discussed this several times on the podcast, Everyone deserves to see themselves represented. Yes. So the fact that Tyler Perry is making these movies and people feel wanted and comfortable, and even if it's you know it's a dumb movie, it's just for a couple laughs, but they go there knowing that it's it's something that, that they can maybe resonate more to. Um, I think that says something because it means that there's an escapism for for everyone. Like there's yes. something for everyone. And not every movie that gets produced needs to be Oscar-nominated, amazing, deep, thoughtful. Some of it can just be, hell, let's just watch something for the sake of it being hilarious to escape, like Nicole was saying. Mm -hmm. Perfect example of this is One Night in Miami that is out on Prime right now. Um, From what I've been hearing, I haven't seen it yet. But it's just, what if these four very important Black men in history met and just had a fun night? chatting and drinking some beers and whatever that's all the movie's about Malcolm. it's about if, if you know if that's all it's about so and it was at tiff this year i believe it's directed by regina king if i'm not mistaken oh and, correct um, and, it, and it's about um i believe it's muhammad ali malcolm x uh sam cook and jim brown if they had met up is this this didn't actually happen it's just what if one night in this miami hotel they discuss all of the stuff Don't. representing and have some fun. I would see Muhammad Ali as one of the 
uh, characters, but you, Malcolm X is definitely there, and Sam Cooke, Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Jim yeah, Brown. yeah, those are the four. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's what if they met up and just talked about all the stuff they're representing because they have obviously had very different views on in in their time mm. on how to protest mm-hmm. and how to come across to the white folk and how to and but they also apparently have a ton of fun in this movie and this movie oh. got a lot of praise and uh, i really think i need to watch that now it's powers who is also yeah. the one who um wrote soul also oh. wrote the stage play and, uh is currently... Miami. pardon also wrote the stage play one night in miami because it's based on a play yeah oh he also uh was one of the writers for star trek discovery i will not hold that against him <laughs> yeah, let's, um, let's, let's sweep that under the rug and just fire Alex Kurtzman as soon as possible. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> listen, listen, not everybody can have pure gold in their repertoire. Oh, I, yeah, but you no. can't have pure shit either. Anyways. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Can't tell that we don't like Discovery. <laughs> nobody likes Discovery. Nobody likes Picard. Nobody cares. Oh, I too mean, many people like Discovery and too many people like Picard. When the new <laughs> when the new animated farce is the best new Star yeah, Trek, yeah, that's a bad sign. That's a bad sign. All I'm saying, Adriana, I know I know that you love Discovery so much, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> How dare they hurt her? You know, Anyways, you back take, take two of her favorite actors. Take two of her favorite actors and then just eliminate them like, each just season. Shoot me then. <laughs> like what the fuck? I know. Anyway. Anyways, oh, One Night in Miami, literally that's a brand new movie that's out on Prime right now. Literally, you know, written by a, a black man, directed a by a black woman. This was TIFF huge at TIFF. And it's it's on, in Canada anyways, for our American viewers, I'm not sure when it's coming to you guys, but on Canadian Amazon Prime right now, it's here. And uh, it's been getting a really, really a good ago. I know, but I just, I don't know what their schedules are down there. We have to guess Americans get it better. <laughs> We all know. We still, have, we still don't have. We still don't have Sound of Metal, and it's making me mad. I want oh, Sound of Metal. I, I saw that like a year and a half ago. Yeah, of course I... you did. But I'm saying it was bit on, on Prime in, in the state for forever. It's our. It's on Crave. Yeah, I think it oh. is. I saw. I saw it like a year and a half ago, though. It's so. on Tiff. Yeah, it's on Crave. Too. You can. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so go hunt it on Crave. There you go. You need to use Crave. Everyone has my Crave at this point. <laughs> Hello, all my leeches. We all have your Minus Jordan. <laughs> we all have Disney. Do we have your Crave, though? Let's get your Crave while we're at it. <laughs> you do have it. Through Adriana. Your girlfriend. <laughs> what? I didn't know that. Anyways. <laughs> Great, um... now i got to share it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How do you think I feel? <laughs> it's fine. Um, Jordan, did you did anything else stand out to you that you wanted to talk about? Um, so on the I guess opposite end of the play spectrum, whereas you know Tyler Perry's were more focused on comedy, mm-hmm. there's um August Wilson who did um like more serious stories. I guess mm-hmm. shifting back into that for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and um, so he was the he did the play for Fences that became oh, yes. a movie. Oh, um, that was. Oh, there's a really good interview where they were talking about the need to have a black director with fences. Um. Oh no, yeah, who was it? Who was speaking? Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Guys, he also did. Um, he also did Marini's Black Bottom. That's out right now on Netflix. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah, right. and with that one, actually, that one that's on Netflix. They also have a 
behind the scenes, um, like a mini documentary with it as well that, that I thought was really interesting. Um, cause they, mm. cause like even with like the set design, they tried to make everything like as accurate as possible. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And, uh, I think Viola Davis and uh, Chadwick Boseman did a really good job in that one. I, I think, I think they did a good job in the sense that I was almost kind of uncomfortable watching it. Like it was, um, I thought it was a very hard topic to watch because. Mm-hmm. Did um, I miss a switch in movies? Uh, this is for fences. It's not Chadwick Boseman, guys. Oh no, that that uh, one was for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Oh, yeah, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I, I, I haven't I seen that. There was a movie yeah. switch. I'm like, what happened here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my apologies. I thought oh, yeah, yeah, yeah fences, fences is a Denzel Washington. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Nicole missed the job. And, uh, and also directed by Denzel Washington as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought Fences was difficult to watch. Like, I thought it was well mm-hmm. acted. Yeah, yeah. But, it's, yeah. It's, it's a fun to sit through. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. But um, I haven't seen Moraney's, but I've heard Patrick Boseman is, I guess I, there might be like another performance that pops up where he was like, you know, a cameo in or a small role. And I, I think this is his last full performance, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, um, so shall we oh. t- talk about Chadwick Boseman? Who, oh, unfortunately, we about, yes. unfortunately yeah. oh, we lost this year. Sorry, Jordan, what were you saying? Well, I was just going to ask if we wanted to just finish up about if there's anything more we want to talk about fences before moving on or. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Go, Nicole. Sorry. No, I'm. I'm. I think that that was all I had to say about it. I just saw it was very well acted, but for movies that show kind of the difficulties of relationship struggles and kind of the influences that the previous generation have on us as Mm -hmm. as adults, I think Mm -hmm. it was kind of tough to watch because it it does become that you know, are you your uh, your father's son or are you a product mm-hmm. of your mother or do we become our parents despite our best effort to not be in most cases? Mm. Yeah, um, it's also about sort of, it's also not adapting to the times. He's very stuck in his ways. You know, he won't mm-hmm. move, won't change, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to change, doesn't want the neighborhood to change, doesn't want his job to change, et cetera, et cetera. Like he's so stuck and he he's, he's almost like a little bit of like, you know, a cancer to everybody around him. It just, he just, it makes everybody around him negative you know it passes on that on to son his wife sort of had to bury her own dreams to make it work with him and you know stuff like that you know it's 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 tough to watch that movie mm-hmm. and it makes sense that both of uh, him and viola davis did the stage play of it it's mm-hmm. so that came to them it seemed to come to them very naturally on film because yeah. probably because they've done it before so yeah you know that was that was quite something all right, so I guess moving on to Chadwick Boseman. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that was hmm. the last movie that he did. Um, Marine hmm, okay. Black Bottom. Um, it was like the has... complete. Oh, sorry, no problem. We have background noise. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's just add some additional. Well, Boseman was. Uh, it, it they came out of nowhere, obviously, when he passed because he kept it very much very to secret, himself yeah. mm-hmm. and uh it's honestly hard to believe that he's doing all this acting when that was happening because mm-hmm. i mean obviously you notice it now after the fact that he was getting a little like how skinny he was stuff, getting but, mm-hmm. yeah but you don't think about that when until you've you heard it and um yeah i like the fact that he chose chose his roles very very wisely mm-hmm. chose very mm-hmm. uh, he chose to do important people that is very risky if you're not a big name. 
I mean, he did 42 <laughs> and hit on up like one after another, basically. Two of yeah. the most two hugely important figures in black history and music and sports and everything like that. Yeah. And and then he and even and those films were pretty well received and uh you know, but they weren't like blockbusters. They weren't like massive financial successes, but it didn't matter to him. And then he ends up getting the role of Black mm-hmm. Panther and then obviously the sky's the limit for him after that. Yeah. And um and 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 instead of and again chose wisely with Moraine's Black Bottom, a very rich story, you know, playing a very personal character. You know, because he could do blockbusters the rest of his life if he wanted to, just sign the checks. He's good. But every time he picked roles that were good, roles that he actually wanted to play. I think I saw him in an interview one time. He's like, he's like, he's like you know, when people are going to look back on you know, what I've done and what I've chosen, I want those choices to be my choices. I think that was in like, an interview he did like a few years ago. So I'm realizing there's a lot of his films I haven't seen that I'm curious to now go and watch. To be perfectly honest, like I had missed a lot of those because I kind of just hide out in a action movie world because I like movies for escapism. <laughs> We're very yeah. well aware of this. I had yeah, yeah. problems, but like, there's definitely like he had really good films that I, like mm-hmm. show he was a good actor. He was really good. I just, go I, I just it. this is inevitably what happens when an actor or somebody that we really admire dies. He want to see their art we want to mm-hmm. see what they have left behind inevitably so by picking these choices he's left behind a really really good legacy and now we wanted more mm-hmm. now we wanted mm-hmm. you know the more what else is he going to do what else is he going to do there's obviously some actors that have been taken too young that we feel like that as well mm-hmm. but in terms of how he had just sort of hit this blockbuster status and he could essentially do whatever he wants. And he chooses to five bloods with Spike Lee and Mulraney's black bottom as his last two movies, essentially, which Mm -hmm. are like, you know, very important films to him. The five Mm -hmm. bloods was a Netflix movie. It doesn't make money. Mulraney's black bottoms a Netflix movie. It's not about making money. You know, like, like, especially now with, you know, nothing going to theaters, but films and him in them will live on forever. Like we'll go back and we'll say, Oh yeah that Jackie Robinson film, that was the one. Or, oh, he's, and I know you guys have, I don't know if anybody's seen this, but he's really good as James Brown and Get On Up. You know, and mm-hmm. he's really good as Black Panther. You know, Because inevitably, 50 years down the road, maybe they'll redo Black Panther with somebody else, but they'll be able to look back at this depiction of him. You know, mm-hmm. so. Ugh. Get On Up is like such a sad movie to watch now because now you have two great actors who got taken way too young. Between mm. Chadwick Boseman and um, Nelson Ellis, yeah. Mm. yeah, he was a great actor as well, and just he died at thirty nine. Oh, so yeah. sad. Mm-hmm. No. Well, on that immensely uplifting yeah. note. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, no, not <laughs> uplifting. Let's toast to the best part of Mulan, and when she should never have been taking out Mushu, aka. Eddie Murphy, he's great. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're going to, like not depressing ending. Thank Just to name drop Eddie Murphy because he makes everybody yeah. smile. Eddie no, Murphy, but the point. The whole point I really hope Coming whole... America Two is good. I hope so too. I was just gonna say that. Like, I'm not gonna lie. It looks. So it looks like it's PG-13. First of all, that's gonna be probably a problem. Second of all, it's it's it just looks like a bit of a ash thing people i know i know i'm sure i but hope it's, it's good I, just, I know i know he's so cute 
I mean, I, I rewatched actually Jordan. I don't know. I, I think we both watched this movie far too much. But I rewatched Daddy Daycare. Um, Aww. Yes. I have a soft spot oh. for that movie. Okay, <laughs> Jordan, Jordan's yeah. younger siblings used to love this movie. So every time do. they would, yeah, they would go, they would go through like I just cycle, watched it. Again. They would go through like cycles, and they just watch the movie over and over on repeat. And Jordan and yep. I used to be next door neighbors, so like I'd go over to his house, and like whatever movie was popular in the in, the, in Jordan's household at the moment was what we were watching. <laughs> and I remember there was one summer that Daddy Daycare, his brothers were obsessed with it, and like mm-hmm. I watched it with my nephew, and my nephew was like. He sits. He doesn't really fully understand movies yet. <laughs> and even he was like, he got like the comedic humor of it and like he thought the kids were funny. And like, there's just some things that I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this slaps still. Like, this is great. It slaps. Oh, man. Don't tell me you're assimilating the sayings of the kids today. Okay, we, we, I can't I can't go up to people and say I can't go up to people and say, oh yeah, that movie slaps without getting laughed in my face. I can't well, say that's that. A- that's a you problem, okay, then, Jason. You're sus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm what? You're oh, I'm being sus, sus right now. Yeah, You're okay. Being I know where sus I, right I know now. where sus comes from. I know that one. <laughs> Do I you? Like I, I, just, I feel like I'm like some ancient old man. I think that's a you problem, though, Jason. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Might be. I don't know, Adriana. What do you think? Oh yeah, it's been a long problem. A long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ongoing problem Jason he's, can't he's adapt he's the first one out in Among Us that's for sure oh my god so this podcast has been long but I want to say the reason why it's long is because it's important we're going to keep talking about this shit until things change so to anybody out there who may have been like you know upset or anything by what we said uh, too bad because you know we're gonna we're gonna keep talking about these awesome films and these awesome actors and these awesome things that we've seen and reflect on things because these movies um, with with talented black actors and black talent um, they're machines that generate empathy for us to understand something a little bit more that we didn't before. And this so... is by no way our longest episode. I know I know we've had long episodes, but I'm saying I'm saying there's a very good reason why this one is so long. Agreed. I yeah. Mean, I, have, yep. I have zero issue with it whatsoever. All I'm saying is, is that um I hope that I hope there's you know it's obviously very grim right now, everybody being inside and everything, but um reflecting on this kind of history and in terms of uh, entertainment sense and movie sense is way i learn more about things it really mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. and um hopefully the people listening maybe you've learned a little bit more too yeah i think that that's a that's a good uh way to end off jordan did you want to add anything else before we kind of wrap this up uh i just hope everyone takes some time to check out some of the movies we've talked about um there's some as as everyone said very good stories that uh sh- that deserve to be heard yeah i think yeah and the more the more you expand your mind the more that you kind of get to learn about and and see that there's a very wide world of movies out there Mm -hmm. okay um so uh we 
Thank you for listening. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. And until then, bye. 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 to jump in front of the thing when Liam Neeson's butt was on screen. I forgot about that scene. That's like the best part of the <laughs> <laughs>